This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. Good News in Shoes. Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose So when I hear that devil's Hello and welcome to the Financial Literacy Show with your host, Hubert McIntosh, CPA, a member of SOFA, the Society for Financial Awareness, bringing financial education to America, one community at a time. Now here's your host, Hubert McIntosh. Good evening. Good Friday evening. Oh my gosh, guys, it's lovely to be here with you again. I miss you guys. I have not heard you or seen you in a week. This is Hubert McIntosh. We are in beautiful Palm City, beautiful Palm City, Florida, but it's not so, the sun is not shining today. It's raining. It's raining, but it's still beautiful. So thank you for joining us as always. Yeah. I trust you guys have been good. Been praying for you all week that you have maintained your peace. I pray the peace of God over you, you know, that you feel that peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding. I know it's a stressful moment for all of us, but we have hope, right? We have hope. And that's what we can stand on. So with our hope, we can, one of the greatest things is we can do as we have hope, we pray, we pray for others also that they would have hope. It's a great opportunity that we have in this moment that when we have hope and peace, one of the greatest things that we can do is share it with others, share it with others. So just be careful. We have an opportunity where we are in a quarantine season, whereas, but the good thing is we have technology. We have technology so we can be communicating with each other, whether it's by video, whether it's by phone, whatever. We have opportunities that we can make connection with people. So thank you. So thank you. So I encourage you guys there. So we are in the studio, live in the studio. 772-221-1100. 772-221-1100. So I want to encourage you We're to call in. Today we have a very interesting topic. Very interesting. I could almost say controversial, but I won't say controversial because it's not controversial. It's just misunderstood. It's a misunderstanding. And I hope that this next 55 minutes or so that we have with you, we can help shed some clarity on it. We can shed some clarity on it. Okay? So thank you. So I want to reference a scripture. You know, I always go back to it. You, you know, you know, I always go back or start with a scripture. And I'm going to use a, a, a scripture that's also sometimes can be controversial. It's taken from Luke 16, if you guys remember. Luke 16, there was a guy, and Jesus was telling the story. There was a guy who was going to be laid off. From his job laid off or terminated from his job so he had some influence so what he did because the boss warned him and told him that you know 
your days are numbered with with my firm or my company, whatever you may want to call it. And this guy was responsible for collecting the debts because his boss was a creditor, you know? So this guy was responsible for collecting the debts. So what this guy did, since he was going to be laid off, since he was going to be laid off, this guy went around to all the debtors and he discounted, he discounted their debts. So say one guy had owed a thousand dollars. The guy told the guy, you know, the debtor that, hey, you owe my boss a thousand dollars. If you pay five hundred, we'll just write off the debt. And this guy went around, and he did that to all the debtors, and he reduced their debt. All right. So let's stop and think about that in the natural. In the natural, we would say that the guy stole money from his boss, right? Yeah, it, it, come on. You, you, you go, you, the guy owe you $1,000, you write off the debt for 50%. All right. So here, here is us now. We would say, well, okay, the guy stole it and oh, he's a horrible guy. Let's ask ourselves this question. Why did Jesus say he was smart? <laughs> you guys thinking about that? Why did Jesus say that guy was smart? Because, and, and Jesus went on further to say, we as children of God, we have allowed the world to be smarter than us. Where sometimes we don't act with sense. That, that's, those are not my words. Those are Jesus. He even made reference to David. Do you guys remember the time when David was hungry? David and his men were hungry. And they went into the temple. And it was forbidden that you would eat the, you know, the, 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 the sacrifice in the temple. Or, you know, the bread. Or, you know, back then, you know, we, see, we, we, use, we use the little wafers and so forth. But... I believe then it was bread. It was bread. They actually used bread. And David and his men were hungry. And they ate, they ate the forbidden bread in the temple. Je what did Jesus say about them? Jesus said he was wise. Because they were hungry. So here I use the story. You know, <laughs> you know I'm going somewhere. So I, I just show you Bible reference. So the topic we're going to talk about this week, it's a misunderstood topic, but the topic is we're going to talk about finance. You know, it's always finance, right? But we're going to talk about mortgage. And you're like, oh my gosh, Hubert, what are you talking about? Mortgage. Mortgage is not controversial. <laughs> All right. When we continue, you're going to find out. All right. We have two types of mortgage, right? Did you know that? Oh, you thought we only had one type of mortgage? We have two type of mortgage. The mortgage that most people are familiar with is called a forward mortgage. A forward mortgage. Most of us are familiar with a forward mortgage because anytime you go and you buy a house, right? You buy a house. 
and you put a certain amount of money down and you get a loan. So say, for instance, you put down 20%. You put down 20% on the house and you get a mortgage, you know, whether it's from a bank, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, whichever. Get it from a, a loan company. You get a mortgage. That mortgage is called a forward mortgage. Why is it called a forward mortgage? Think about it. You get the loan. So here's this creditor. Give you this loan. So say you're buying a $200,000 house. You pay down 20%. You put down $40,000. So you get a loan for $160,000. So this person gives you this loan, this institution, person or whatever, gives you this loan. And they're telling me, okay, going forward from today, Going forward from today, you can pay me and you're going to pay me $1,000 a month for the next 20 years or whatever. So going forward, you're paying. So most of us are, are familiar about that. Forward mortgage. Some of you didn't even know that that's what it's called. You just know that it's a mortgage, but it's a forward mortgage. So do we know that everything in life as an opposite so just the same way you have a forward mortgage, today we're going to talk about the opposite. So if it's forward, then what's the, what's the opposite of forward? Backward, right? But we're going to use the term reverse. So because your car, you can go forward. If you put the car in drive, then you're going forward. But if you put it in R, you're reversing. So today, that's what we're going to talk about, right? Reverse mortgage. Reverse mortgage is, and as I said, sometimes people may think it's controversial because I was even tempted to say controversial, but I don't think it's controversial. It's misunderstood. And why, why are things misunderstood? Why are things misunderstood? So we hope that we're going to clear up that some of that for you. Remember, this is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA, a member of SOFA, SOFA, the Society for Financial Awareness, bringing you financial education, financial literacy all across America and the world, one community at a time. And I am here in this community. We're located in beautiful, 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 you know where we are, right? You remember? Palm City. We're in beautiful Palm City, Florida, but that's where we physically located. That's where, that's where our radio station is. But we broadcast around the world because of the World Wide Web. Our reach, even though we are in Palm City, Florida, our reach is worldwide because of the WW. Do you guys know that? WW, World Wide Web. Because of the World Wide Web and the Internet, we are WCNO. Our station is WCNO. It's WCNO.com. So you reach us on the radio dial. We're 89.9 FM. You know, but as you know, with, with FM or with radio, you have a limited radius. But the web has a worldwide, worldwide significance. So WCNO, you go there, WCNO.com, and you see there, and you see Listen Live. You just click on Listen Live. And we come straight to you. And also, ah, I introduced you. I reminded you this last week, but I got to remind you this week.
we have upgraded the website on the left side of the website you will see an icon called on demand on demand so here it is now we're going straight hey listen we are with technology don't think technology has left us behind or it's leaving us behind we are operating just like netflix now you want to see a movie you're gonna go on netflix you're gonna watch it on demand when you want to do it so what we as a radio station have done on that left side you see on demand when you click on that on demand button oh my gosh the past program so like this program you'll see last week's program you'll see the week before program and you can listen to it right yeah on demand and we have also created a website yes called financialeducational.com financialeducational.com and if you go under the podcast tab the previous shows have been have been there remember now this 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 is this is our third month this is our third month we have been on since february 14th these lovely people here i i tell you wcno it's a good news station and i want to tell you i want to tell you you know i come to you and i speak from my heart you know many times you go to place and you'll hear people use the word good yeah, people use the word good, but not everybody that uses the word good really means good. And I'm not discounting or beating up on anybody. Please, that's not what I'm doing. I am giving, I'm bigging up this station because I'm telling you, this station, I've been listening to this station since 2001. 2001. And they have a slogan from back then. I don't know if it was the original slogan, but since I've been listening since 2001, 19 years now I'm listening, it was labeled the good news station. And I'm telling you, it's a good news station. Good news. So you get good news. You get financial information. You get spiritual information. It's just good. So, so it's a good, it's a good station. I have to give the plug to the station because this this station is listener, is listener um basically provided and listener served. You, know, you basically you're not gonna hear any ads or so forth. We're just here to serve you. So we operate on contributions and stuff like that. Okay, so. That's the plug for that. I just wanted to, you know, you you got to share. When you find something good, you got to share it. And these lovely people have allowed me, you know, this is our third month. We have been here since February 14th. We're, we, we're going to be here for six months. At a minimum, I believe we're going to be here longer. Okay? But for now, we have it for six months. So, so let's clear up. Let's go back. Okay? So I just wanted to give you those updates. So we're going back now to reverse mortgage. We're going to talk about reverse mortgage. So the question is, when I say it's, it's misunderstood, why? Why is it misunderstood? Okay. Let's go back to the foundation. There's a word. There's a word that's also confusing. It's used a lot. It's used a lot. It's used a lot in the church also. This word called debt-free. All of us, most of us have heard the word debt. D-E-B-T. Debt. Right? When someone said we are in debt. Right? And we want to live a debt-free life. But, but why am I saying that's controversial? 
Because there is, there is a confusion with two words. There's another word that's confusing where people use them interchangeably. Remember, remember, you're on, you're on a financial educational show. I know you're saying, why don't he just get on with it? But I have to give you the foundation. I have to give you the foundation to build it up so that you know what we're talking about. So, I, Because a lot of times, it's the foundation that confuses us. So let's start with that word. So I'm helping you with that word, debt. When someone says we are in debt. So what's the next word that's confused in between debt? That next word is leverage. Leverage and debt are oftentimes confused. So what's the difference with debt? All right. Here's a common terminology that's used. And I'm here to tell you it's wrong. Wow. That sounds like such a bold statement. I'm telling you it's wrong. A lot of times people assume that the money you owe, it means you're in debt. Hmm. That's not true. Just because you owe money, it doesn't mean you're in debt. Wow. It means you owe some money. So, so, so Hubert, you're confusing me. What, what is you telling me? I'm not in debt. I owe money. I'm not in debt. No. It could be that you are in leverage, that you have leveraged some money. But what am I saying? All right, let me break it down. If you owe $1,000, if you owe $1,000 and you have $0 in the bank, you have zero assets, you have $0 in the bank, and you owe $1,000, you are in debt up to $1,000. You're in debt up to $1,000. All right. Let's flip the switch. You owe that same $1,000, but you have $10,000 in the bank. You have $10,000 in the bank, but you owe $1,000. You are not in debt of $1,000. You have leveraged your money to the tune of $1,000. You have leveraged your money to the tune of $1,000 because... Because you have $10,000 in the bank, at any point in time you choose, you can take $1,000 out of the bank and you can pay that, that, that money that you owe, that $1,000. So you're like, oh my God, Hubert, I didn't hear it like this. So why is it blah, blah, blah. Yes, 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 yes. But here it is. I'm here to educate you. And you know a thing that I've always said to you, I've used a saying to you, if what you thought to be true turn out not to be true, when would you like to know? So that's how I am going to start. If what you thought to be true turn out not to be true, when would you like to know? So I'm hearing the answers. Some of you are saying, yes, you want to know now. So we're going to talk about it. River. So we talk about you. You got that clear, right? If you have the money to pay what you owe, you're not in debt. You have just leveraged. 
you have just leverage. So you might like, okay, why would someone do that? It's pretty simple, but sometimes it's not spoken about. If I can borrow $1,000 at 5% interest, if I can borrow $1,000 at 5% interest, even though I have the money and I could have paid it cash, I could have paid cash for it. I could have paid cash for it because I have $1,000. But because they're offering at 5%, I borrow it. You know which store is good for this? I, I, I think they have even modeled it. I would want to, I don't have any stocks there, but I would want to stick my neck out. I don't think anybody has done this better than Rooms to Go. Yeah. Are you like, oh my gosh, Hubert, you're plugging Rooms to Go. Do you have stocks? No, I don't have any stocks. I'm just giving credit where credit is due. Second behind Rooms to Go might be Best Buy. But here's what Rooms to Go has done. Here's what Rooms to Go has done. Rooms to Go revolutionized the furniture industry. They revolutionized the furniture industry. Because what Rooms to Go has, ha has done... They have made it affordable that every home can be furnished. Prior to rooms to go, I don't think any furniture company could have done could have could have made that claim. But rooms to go um, revolutionized the furniture industry in the sense that a person can be broke. Yeah, I'm just being real, and they can get their house furnished by rooms to go. Yeah, they can get their own problem. And then rooms to go will even give them a five-year plan. No interest. No, in no interest for five years. Can you imagine that? I just think it's ingenious. Sometimes people will think that, oh, no for five years, no interest. But here's why rooms to, do, rooms to go have been successful with it. And sometimes our philosophy may mess us up where you may, because what I'm going to say to you now, you're going to say, well, rooms to go is wrong. Rooms to go was smart in the sense, not was, is smart in the sense because they understand the behavior of people. It's about a behavior. Because guess what? Most people, if they know that they have five years to pay it, no interest, ask yourself this. <laughs> How many people you think got to pay it off before the five years? How many? <laughs> Not many. So guess what happens? The person got the five years, no interest, but because they didn't pay it, then, then that interest that they didn't pay comes back because they didn't pay it when they should have. So all of these are building you up preparing to get your mind ready for what I'm going to talk to you about in reverse mortgage. So one other thing. So remember, we are in the studio, 772-221-1100. 772-221-1100. Hubert McIntosh, your CPA. All right. Here's another thing that as um, basically, so I'm just going into the frame of mind. A professor of mine, a professor of mine, one of my um, financial coach, you know, Dr. Nelson. Dr. Nelson make a statement regarding money. Dr. Nelson says, um, managing money is easy. Wow. How many of you have heard that? Managing money is easy. Managing people 
is complex. Think about that. Managing money is easy. Managing people is complex. So I'm sharing all of that foundation because you're going to see why when I start talking about reverse mortgage. So what is reverse mortgage? We spoke about forward mortgage. It's where you buy a house, you pay down a certain amount, and the bank finances the, the difference. So if you pay down 20%, the bank finances 80%. So here's reverse mortgage now. Take it the flip side. Take it the flip side. You have a certain amount of equity in your house. Yeah, you have a certain amount of equity in your house. Say you have $200,000 equity in your house, right? The way now, the rules, and keep in mind, what you knew about reverse mortgage, if, if, if your knowledge about reverse mortgage is prior to 2010, I am going to basically tell you right now that you know nothing about reverse mortgage. Yes. If your knowledge was prior to 2010, 2010, 2010, 10 years ago, if your knowledge was prior to that, you know nothing about reverse mortgage. Because what happened in 2010, the reverse mortgage industry was completely overhauled. Completely. I mean, completely. Completely. Prior to 2010, the reverse mortgage was a free-for-all. When I say free-for-all, I mean you could go to 10 different banks and they give you 10 different rules. But after in 2010, the HUD, the Federal Housing and Urban Development, took it over. HUD took it over. HUD took it over. And so it became regulated. Yeah, I know sometimes that's a strong word. Sometimes people don't like that word, regulated. You know, sometimes some of us would want everything to be unregulated. But folks, let me encourage you. You would never want everything to be unregulated. Remember, I just spoke to you about managing people. Can you imagine if all we live was unregulated? Wow. I would hate to think that. Because where would the traffic light be? Can you imagine this world without traffic light? <laughs> traffic light is a regulation. So you see, sometimes we'll use some word and we don't understand it. Traffic light is a regulation. It regulates where do you stop, when do you stop, and where do you go. It's a regulation. Police. Can you imagine our society without police? Police officers is a regulation. You know, so, so, so you, you know, regulations are good and, and you have regulations that can um, be bad in the sense that, but anything that becomes bad in that side, it's because it was abused. And this is the part about managing people. So reverse mortgage, 2010. So let's go, start from 2010. If you have a story and it's a bad story prior to 2010, I'm sorry. So I'll make an apology for whoever did it, it was unregulated. There was no, it was not standardized. It was not, it was not fluid. It was not fluid. It was not fluent. 
So you go to 10 different banks and 10 different banks made up rules. But since 2010, the rules are the same. It's almost, you know what, you know what it's like since we talked about it two weeks ago. We talked about Medicare. We talked about Medicare two weeks ago. Medicare supplement. And we're going to specify Medicare supplement. Medicare supplement is one of those things that it doesn't matter who the company, which insurance company, if they offer you Medicare supplement, Medicare supplement, you know, I said Medicare supplement. I didn't say Medicare because you have Medicare and you have Medicare supplement. Medicare, mm, some things are different. Some of the things are different, but Medicare supplement are not different. A plan F is a plan F. A plan G is a plan G, right? So let's come back to reverse mortgage. So in 2010, reverse mortgage got regulated. All right. So what does it mean then? Let's go back to that equity portion now. So you have $200,000 of equity in your house. You can borrow on an average up to 55%. 55%. So that means if you have $200,000 in equity, you can borrow up to 110000 right? So another person, another partner, and I'm tying these things because I, the different languages that you're familiar with, you got to remember, I'm trying to take the language that you're familiar with and put a spin on it so that you can relate to it. So what most people are familiar with, if they have, if they have equity in their house, right? Most people are familiar with something called a HELOC. It's called a home equity line of credit where they can go to the bank because they have equity in the house and they can take out a line of credit. That is called a HELOC, home equity line of credit. So then here comes the reverse mortgage industry in 2010. Remember, what we're talking about is 2010 forward. I'm not going back prior to, to, to 2010. We're talking about 2010 forward. So what the reverse mortgage now is most properly called, it's called a HECM loan. HECM. H-E-C-M. It's called a home equity conversion mortgage home equity conversion mortgage not to be confused with a HELOC which is a home equity line of credit but they're they're both given by banks but you have banks that specialize in um in 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 reverse mortgage you have banks that specialize in reverse mortgage you're not going to go to bank of america and get a reverse mortgage bank of america I don't think it's arguably. I think ba Bank of America is the largest bank in America. In America. Right? You're not going to go to Bank of America and get a reverse mortgage. And you may ask yourself, why would the largest bank in America don't do reverse mortgage? Because that's not their focus. That's not their focus. You always have to look at focus. How many times you hear I tell you guys, when you're dealing with things financial, it's best to go to a professional. So here it is because I mentioned reverse mortgage. You're here thinking you can go to Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and Chase Bank. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and Chase Bank don't do reverse mortgage. That's not their focus. That's not their focus. They don't make enough money off it. 
<laughs> don't throw rocks at me. I'm just giving you the truth. They don't make enough money off it. So it's not their focus. So you have other banks which that's their focus, reverse mortgage. So what reverse mortgages? Go back to that 110000 now. So you have $200,000 in equity. You can get 55% to borrow. But here is where it's different now. Here's where. Because you could have gotten the same 510000 at Bank of America, but that would call a HELOC. It's not an ECM. And this is a significant part. I'm, I'm emphasizing to you. HELOC versus HECM. HELOC, Home Equity Line of Credit. HECM, Home Equity Conversion Mortgage. A HELOC is not regulated. Bank of America can give you a HELOC and it's their rules. Yes. Bank of America can make up their own rules. Oh, you didn't know that? You didn't know Bank of America make up rules? <laughs> HELOC, the bank has the right to make their own rules. HECM, Home Equity Conversion Mortgage, they have to follow the federal guidelines. Everybody has to follow that same rule. So ask yourself this now. You have banks who are not willing to follow one set of rules. Because if I'm following the set of rules, then basically we're all on the equal playing field. You have banks don't want that. They want to make their own rules. Why some bank charge you fees for something and another? Charge? Because it's their own rules. Their own rules and they're allowed to do that. But a HECM, you cannot make your own rules. You have to follow the federal guidelines. All right? So we got that part. So you got the foundation now. So this is where it separates itself now. So I'm separating ELOC from HECM now in the sense that when you borrow a hundred and that same hundred and ten thousand from Bank of America, Bank of America is gonna give you a time frame. And guys, I'm not picking on Bank of America, okay? I'm just using Bank of America because it's the largest bank and most people are familiar with Bank of America. It's the largest bank. So sometimes when you are the largest, you also have the largest target, right? <laughs> you know, you have the largest target. So in this case, so we're using Bank of America just as a model, not picking on them. So Bank of America will give you a loan for 110000 but they're going to give you conditions when to pay it. Yeah. So they'll say 6%. The ECM will also say 6%. But Bank of America is going to give you a time. You cannot get money from Bank of America without a time frame. Hubert, what do you mean with time frame? They're going to tell you it's 10 years, it's 15 years, it's 20 years, and you have to pay this certain amount of money per month. Okay? Guys, remember, we're in the studio. So as I'm throwing these stuff out, which some of them sound controversial, but I think it's just education. And this is what we perform at SOFA. Okay? Society for Financial Awareness. We're in the studio. 772-221-1100. 772-221-1100. So here we are now talking about the differentiation. 
So we are up to now, we are still at the same level. 110, the loan, 6%. We're just using it for, let's use 5 then, let's use 5. 110 for 5%. Bank of America will tell you, 10 years, 15 years, or 20 years. They call it, you know, where um, it's balloon. There's this term that you hear that's used, balloon, where it will say, well, if you have a line of credit, the, the line of credit will balloon in five or 10 years. What balloon means in the financial industry, it means that at that time, if the balloon is five years, it means that in five years, at the end of that fifth year, that money must be paid. That's, that's what balloons is. All right. Here's the difference now. And this is where the ECM separates itself. The, a bank will give you 120000 as a HECM, Home Equity Conversion Mortgage. And when is it due? When is it due? You know when it's due? When you die. When you die. Did that sink in? When you die. All right. How do you get qualified for a reverse mortgage? Ekem. So we have cleared it. You know it's a Ekem. So we're going to use now the terminology reverse mortgage. But you know it's a Ekem. It's a home equity conversion mortgage. All right. How do you get qualified? This is also a separation. To be qualified... For a reverse mortgage, it's only two factors for qualification. Two factors. Two factors. To get that same 110000 from Bank of America, sometimes you may have to give a toenail, a finger, a piece of your arm, and different things. To be qualified for a reverse mortgage, two qualification. The first one, and there's no exception, guys. No exception. There's no exception for qualification. The qualification is the same for everybody. It doesn't matter where you're from, what you believe. It has nothing to do with you. The first qualification is you have to be age 62 or older if you are 61 you're not qualified if you are 61 and 11 months you're not qualified you have to be age 62 no arguing about it if your birthday did not reach 62 you cannot qualify so that's the first check mark the second qualification is Obviously, you have to own a home. You know that. So I, I wouldn't call that a qualification that you own a home. But I'll expound on that. You have to own a home with equity. 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 And let me break it down because sometimes we miss what equity is. Equity is the difference between the value of the house and the amount you owe. You get that? If the house is valued at 
400,000 and you owe 200,000. 400 minus 200, that means you have $200,000 in equity. That's the second qualification. 62 and equity. All right? So we got this foundation. So when do you pay back the reverse mortgage? You don't have to pay that the reverse mortgage until you die. And you're like, whoa, Hubert, but I heard this lady who lost her house. Listen, when did it happen? Was it prior to 2010? Or was it subsequent to 2010? If it's prior to 2010, we're not going to talk about that. That's pre-2010. Pre-2010, it was like the wild, wild west. 2010, it has changed. So what's, what are the functions? What are the functions of a reverse mortgage? What, what, you have three types. Three types. All right? So we finished talking about ELAC. We're just going to focus on reverse mortgage now, right? Remember, we are in the studio, 772-221-1100, 772-221-1100. This is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA, live in the studio, beautiful Palm City, Florida, at WCNO, the good news station. This is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA. Right. All right. So you have three types of reverse mortgage, three types. And this is part of the contradiction that sometimes, the controversy where people will talk about reverse mortgage and they don't understand it. There are three types. Before I go into benefits, I'm going to tell you some of the benefits, but I want to tell you what it is before I give you the benefits. I want to give you the foundation, and that's what I'm doing. There are three types of reverse mortgage. Three types. It's ECM. It's called ECM. It's reverse mortgage. There are three types. So sometimes when you hear people talk about reverse mortgage or their mom lost it or their neighbor, find out what type. Because there are three types. There are three types. Let me break down the three types to you. You have the reverse mortgage that you can take a lump sum. Yeah. You have the reverse mortgage that you can take a lump sum. Remember, we're going back to that 110000 you can take a lump sum of the 110000 Yeah. When do you pay it back? You're not paying it back until you die. You don't have to. You can pay it back if you want, but you don't have to pay it back until you die. What's the negative? There's no negative. It's a cost. Cost don't mean it's a negative. It's a cost. You might have a 5% interest rate so you take that 100000 as a lump sum, that 5% is being accrued every year. Every year. So say John gets this money at age 62, right? He takes out that 110000 This thing is accruing 5% per year, right? So say John lived 40 years. 40 years. How much is it accruing? We got, we're just going to use simple interest, right? Uh, 110,000. 110,000 times 5%. 
Let's do the math. Follow me, guys. Follow me. Don't let me lose you with this. 110,000 times 5% is how much? You guys calculating? It's $5,500. $5,500. You get that? So we're just using simple math here, right? We're not going to go the compound part. If someone is owing interest for 5500 every year, and without compounding it, just use simple to get the point. I just want you to get the concept. 5500 per year, they owe in the interest, right? And that person lives for 40 years. 40 years. They took it out at, at 62. They live for 40 years. Let's do the math together. 5500 times 40 years is 220,000. You guys get that? 220,000 in interest. Plus the principal, remember the principal was 110. So if we take the 110,000 plus the 220 then the total debt is 330. And yes, you, you notice I use the word debt. I use the word debt, right? But sometimes the word gets programmed in our mind that we use the word debt. Because here I am telling you about the significance difference with debt. And I just use the word debt. It's not a debt. That 220, it's 220 plus 110. You owe, you owe. Owe the bank three hundred and thirty thousand. You're not in debt. You're not in debt. You owe the bank three thirty. So let's continue now. The person dies. So what are we gonna measure now? Forty years from now. What's the value? <laughs> what's the value of the house? Forty years from now. What's the value? Your guess is as good as mine. If the person owes the bank 330000 let's put some number to it. If the house is valued 400000 if the house is valued 400000 then the beneficiary of the disease is going to get the difference. The 400000 minus the three thirty, the beneficiary will get 70,000. 400 minus 330, they get 70,000. But here's the reverse part of the reverse mortgage. Remember, the person owes the bank 330. If the house is valued at 300,000, then that's where the debt is now. The estate, because the person is dead, the estate is in debt. To the bank for thirty thousand, the estate is into the bank to thirty thousand in debt to the bank. Guys, guess what? That debt doesn't have to be paid. That debt doesn't have to be paid. The estate or the beneficiaries can choose not to pay it. They owe the bank thirty. They owe the bank thirty thousand. And they chose not to pay it. 
because they don't have to. And this is where a lot of times you hear people say they lost the house. But sometimes they're not telling you the truth. They're not telling you the full story. They're not telling you the full story, folks. Remember, there are three sides to a story. Do you remember that? There are three sides to a story. Yours. Mine. And the truth. Sometimes the truth collides in the sense to coincide where sometimes your truth is equal. Your view is equal to the truth or mine is equal to the truth. But in general, there are three sides to every story. Yours, mine, and the truth. And sometimes yours may coincide with the truth and sometimes mine go coincide with the truth. But sometimes when you don't know all the facts, sometimes the truth can be misconstrued. All right? So that is where if you got the lump sum, remember we are in the studio, 772-221-1100, I tell you, the fastest hour, the fastest hour in the week is Fridays at 4 p.m. I cannot believe this. I just sat down. I just started. Oh, my gosh. We only have 10 minutes. And, and I have delayed it for so long. I have not told you the benefits. You see, I have to tell you the foundation before I tell you the benefits. Because if I don't give you that foundation and just start telling you the benefits, you then say, oh my gosh, he's just painting the pretty story. All right. So why, why did I choose to talk about reverse mortgage? So we're going to wrap this up in the next 10 minutes. I, I, you, you know, I, my wife suggests I do part two. So I, let me tell you what. So we're going to do part two. Because to be honest with you, what I have left cannot be wrapped up in 10 minutes. So we're going to finish talking about and next week. Next week, we're going to make it part two. Part two, we save the best for part two. Part two, you can know the part now where you can tell your friends and prepare them for next week at four o'clock. Part two, we're going to talk about the benefits of reverse mortgages. Today, we're just giving you the foundation what it is. So next week, we're going to talk about the benefits of reverse mortgage. All right? That's cool? Thank you. So for the next 10, 9 minutes, we're just going to talk about why. Why am I talking about it? Next week, we're going to talk about the But Why am I talking about it? All right. Last week when I was with you guys, wow, for the past few weeks, this is the sad part of the show. This part is the sad part. Most of the time, the, the show is a happy show, but when I have to talk about this part is the sad part. So last week, Friday, when I was with you, the debt toll that was registered remember we don't know as i said to you we can't validate the news says a number we go by the number but at the end of the day do we really know the number but we go by what we have right last week the debt toll was seventy six thousand. last week friday last week friday 
I think today it's somewhere between 87 and 88. 87 and 88,000. So basically 12,000 people in one week. Let me ask you this question. Wow. This is a sad part of the show. Out of those 88,000 people who died in America, how many of them do you think made preparations for death? How many? None of us know the real answer. Well, take a guess. 50%? 60%? 70%? I don't know. I can only speculate by history and by what I've encountered. Probably 75% had no preparations. No preparations. And that's why we're teaching financial literacy. That's why we're teaching financial education. Because in this community, in this community, my prayer and my hope is that we can dispel that statistic in this community because we would have known. We would have known because you have taken the time to listen every Friday at 4 p.m. You have taken the time, right? So our community, we're gonna not going to go by the statistics because you know. Remember two weeks ago I shared two scriptures with you? I'm going to remind you of them. It was Ezekiel 2, verse 7, Jeremiah 7, 27. Remember what the prophet, the, the Jehovah said to the prophets, Ezekiel, Ezekiel and Jeremiah. He said, the people not going to listen, but tell them. The people not going to listen, but tell them. So I have to obedient to the word. I cannot come here and formulate an opinion that you're not going to listen because I was commanded. I was commanded to tell you whether you listen or not. My responsibility is to, is to communicate it to you. That's why I'm sharing these things with you, right? So I want you to be prepared. All right. So what is happening outside of the fact that 88,000 people have died? And here's the part now where I know, yes, I know some of you are going to say, Hubert, you're talking gloom and doom. No, I am not talking gloom, doom and gloom. I'm talking facts to you. I am getting you prepared. I am getting you prepared, right? The market has been, has been up and down. The market has been up and down, up and down, up and down, right? So, in March, the market was bad. It dropped bad, bad, bad. The market today, when I saw it, it was 23400 So, from a market standpoint, the market is not bad. The stock market. But here's a reality that I'm going to give you. Wow. And... You notice every time I reach this point, man, because, you know, it's hard when you drop these. But I have to share it with you. I cannot 
keep you lost. I cannot keep you lost. For those of you who are familiar with the iceberg, you may not have seen an iceberg, but you may have heard an iceberg. The Titanic was destroyed by an iceberg, right? Here's, here's a reality about an iceberg. Go and Google it or check me out. Here's the reality about an iceberg. With an iceberg, what you see above the water in an iceberg, what you see above the water in an iceberg is the small part of the iceberg. The larger part of the iceberg is under the water. You don't see the larger part of the iceberg. You see the smaller part. That's what's above. The larger part is below. So what am I saying that to say? The stock market that you're seeing now is like an iceberg. It's like, it's like an iceberg. Folks, I want to bring your reality. This is a financial educational program on WCNO, the Good News Station. But in good news, we have to share real. We have to share the truth with you. Let's follow the statistics. 36, 36 million people have lost their jobs. The market may seem like it's flat, but that's not true. That's just an iceberg. It's a mirage. 36 million people have lost their job. Okay, let's do a small statistics. Let's say only 10% own a home. Just say 10%. We're going to be ultra conservative. Say 10% of those people own a home. So say 3.6 million people own a home and they have lost their job. What do you think going to happen to those home if those home had a mortgage? What do you think going to happen? What's going to happen? They're going to lose the home. And this is why I am talking to you about reverse mortgage. Because I don't want any of you under the sound of my voice to be in that statistic. Okay? So prepare yourself. Next week, we're going to talk about the benefits. In the meantime, you have the time to go check me out on Google, Encyclopedia Google, and then come back next week. You're going to be able to call in. We're going to be in the studio. And you're going to be able to ask your questions. So next week, we're going to talk about the benefits of reverse mortgage. We just want to thank you. This is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA, your brother, your son, your cousin, your uncle, your daddy. Thank you for joining us. Okay? We love you. Have a great weekend. And we will see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Financial Literacy Show, the show centered around providing financial education across America, one community at a time. Be sure to tune in next Friday at 4 p.m. with your questions ready to go. For more information, visit SOFAUSA.org. God bless you and have a great week. So let me go down, 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 down here, here's